0: Hello, hello, and welcome to The Fruitful Life with Andrea Thompson. Uh, Today's episode is going to be about faith. Faith has been on my heart a lot lately for many different reasons, Uh, one of which is the biblical progression of faith, which won't be specifically what we're talking about today, But if you are interested in getting deeper teachings, I have a Facebook page that is called The Fruitful Life. That's where you'll find more in-depth teachings that are at least an hour and a half long. I do suggest if you uh, participate in those teachings that you take some notes and definitely use those to study yourself in your own time. Um, Because I like to set the table for you to eat, so to speak. And then when you get in your own time, you can have that to study with. And it's a beautiful process. But lately, faith has been on my heart. Um, God has really not let me come away from this subject matter. One of the things that I taught the other day um, within the concept of the biblical progression of faith is that faith is precious. Faith is precious. Uh, First and second Peter both label our faith as being precious. Uh, First Peter actually labels our faith as being more uh, valuable than gold. Um, I always think about how every single word in the Bible is God-breathed every single word. Um, Everything that is in there is for a purpose. And I find it interesting that Peter chose to use gold uh, in this particular instance, because he was showing us something that every culture would know is of value in the natural. And then comparing that to faith and the value of faith. And then behind that, he says, gold perishes, faith does not. So that also gives me the aspect, which I've been learning a lot lately, is that we are to be a people as true believers that are marked by an eternal mindset. We are supposed to be able to live from the eternal, to know about the eternal, to hope in the eternal. Our joy is found in the eternal. And um, everything that we look forward to in eternity really helps us to endure in this life and on this earth in a fallen world. But today in particular, I do want to talk about the subject matter of faith because it's just such a good topic. Where I want to start is in Matthew 8, 5 through 10, and then we'll be in Matthew 15, 21 through 20, 28, excuse me. These are the two accounts where Jesus himself, read letters, um, spoke of great faith. There's only two accounts, um, as far as I know, in the Gospels where Jesus labeled something as a great faith faith. And these are those two. Interestingly enough, these are both Gentiles that had great faith. And at this time, when Jesus was walking the earth, uh, the, the gospel had not quite come to the Gentiles because Jesus came to his own people and his own people received him not. So with that being said, let's start off in Matthew 8, 5 through 10. It says now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. So if we could just put a pin right there, I want to, because I'm going to link this to the other account of great faith. So there is a reverence right there. We don't know what kind of revelation that the centurion had about Jesus and who he was, but at the end of the day, he has very clearly approached him with reverence. Okay. That is a key to great faith. And so he says, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. This is something to really meditate on because all of us, all of us are guilty of struggling in our faith, especially when things are unfair or we hit a trial in life uh, where we feel consumed by circumstances or fears or worries or concerns. That can be a gamut of things that we deal with in everyday life. And this is showing me that this guy is saying, say the word. I mean, that's pretty much what he's saying. Say the word and I know it will be done. May we be like this man where we look at the word of God, we read the word of God, we meditate on the word of God and we say, you said it, it shall be done. Hallelujah. It says, for I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go and he goes and to another come and he comes and to my servant do this and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. So this particular instance, I want us to take away from this, that this man understood authority. Because he was in authority militarily, he understood that when you command something, when you're in a a position of authority, and you command something, it gets done, period. And so he was approaching Jesus with that mindset to say, I know that if you say the word, it will be done. You don't even have to come with me. I believe you right here, right now. Because we also have to keep in mind, this is first century. This is Jewish culture. Most of the time, this wasn't a situation like we live in American society where, you know, you can go get in your car and go down the street to someone's house five, 10 minutes away. You know, a lot of people were, all people were on foot and it wasn't a situation where it was often five or 10 minutes away. So that is some faith to say, say the word and I know it'll be done when the person that he's asking for Jesus to touch, for Jesus to heal, for Jesus to deliver is not with him. Right? So this is the first thing I want you to get. Then if you'll flip to Matthew 15, Matthew 15, 21, through 28, it says, Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon possessed. So there we go again. There's the reverence. This is a Gentile, which means she didn't grow up with the Torah, okay? She's already walking in faith by saying, oh, Lord, have mercy on me, son of David. Okay, she's walking in humility, not to mention she's crossing cultural boundaries by being a Gentile and approaching him in such a way. It says, but he answered her not a word. So he ignored her. Okay, that's that's the first part of him dealing with her. It says, and his disciples came and urged him, saying, send her away, for she cries out after us. Okay, and I'm sure she's within earshot hearing this. And it says, but he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So he's pointing out to her again. I was I wasn't sent to the Gentiles. I was sent to my people. Now, look at her response. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. So she's pushing back that he ignored her. Now he's saying, look, lady, I was not sent. But to the lost sheep of Israel, she's still pushing through. And then it says, but he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Now, mind you that that word dogs is a, is a cultural word for them. It's not as bad as we think it is. Okay. So, so that's not my emphasis here. My emphasis is this is the third thing and she's still going to push back past it rather she's going to humble herself every time and she said yes lord yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table so there's the, the, uh, there's reverence again and then it says then jesus answered and said to her oh woman great is your faith let it be to you as you desire and her daughter was healed that very hour Only two accounts, y'all. So I want to point out a couple of things that we see as a common theme here. Humility, okay, that are characteristics of great faith. Desperation, okay, but that desperation is linked to faith. It's not desperation like wishful thinking. It's desperation in like, I'm going to keep pushing through. I'm going to keep persevering. I'm going to believe you, God. The understanding of authority simple childlike belief, pursuit. The Bible talks a lot about pursuing particular things, right? Which is an intentional going after, a seeking, and then not giving up. That's a whole other word right there where we're not a people who draw back, right? So I want to talk about what specifically constitutes little faith. So if you'll, because there was many instances, more than the two, more than the two that talked about great faith. Sorry, you're probably gonna hear my, my Bible wrinkling in the background. Matthew 6.30. And it says, now he's talking about provision. Now, when we say provision, that isn't just finances, but the things that we need, food to eat, clothes to wear, things like that. And it says, now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, meaning that is temporary, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So this goes back to the concept where Jesus actually warned us about worry pertaining to provision, which will cause you to be double-minded and will cause you to be trying to serve two masters. And the Bible says you cannot do that. You have to choose one. Matthew 8, 26, it says, but he said to them, now this is when the wind and the waves, everybody knows this story. So they're freaking out because a storm has come upon them and, and they, they accuse Jesus of letting them perish. Now, I'm sure that they were not meaning to be accusatory, but they were in fear. And it says, but he said to them, why are you fearful? O you of little faith. So anything that is rooted in fear, obviously, is going to be considered little faith. Now, mind you, this particular instance has to do with protection. I don't know about y'all, but that's where one area I struggled more than provision is believing that the Lord is protecting me. And if you've ever struggled with something uh, from childhood pertaining to these kind of things, that's going to be something where you're going to struggle most with your faith. So, Matthew 14, Matthew 14, 31. It says, And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? So, this is when Peter jumps out of the boat to walk on water and he's doing pretty well for a moment, but then he puts his eyes on the storm after taking his eyes off of Jesus and this is what jesus says to him so doubt doubt is an enemy of faith and it is what constitutes little faith matthew 16:8 This is where Jesus is telling them they've just done the feeding of the multitudes and Jesus is telling them to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Now, what he's talking about is hypocrisy, but immediately the disciples start to reason amongst themselves, thinking that he's speaking of bread, actual bread. (laughs) Now, what's interesting is Jesus' response. He says, why do you reason among yourselves, O you of little faith? Now, what did this moment have to do with faith? when they didn't understand what Jesus was talking about. But Jesus did this time and time again as the disciples walked with him, where he expected of them, yes, he continued to disciple them in grace, but he also expect there's too many times that Jesus' responses to them shows that he expected them to have more of a revelation at that moment than they did. And he's showing us why they didn't. It was because they were they were in a a natural mindset. They were not coming over into spiritual things, into kingdom things in their thinking. So quite naturally, when Jesus mentions leaven, they immediately start to link it to bread. Right. And Jesus says to them, why do you reason amongst yourselves? How many times when we're in the midst of anything, Or even when we hear from the Holy Spirit, do we begin to reason within ourselves? Well, we talk ourselves right up out of faith when we do that, right? Hallelujah. Jesus had a lot to say about what faith can do when you have it. So he said, faith, if you, he said, if you have faith, the size of a mustard seed, you could speak to this mountain and tell it to move and it will move. He also told us that nothing would be impossible. So this is the other thing about faith. It's not about the size of your faith. It's literally be about your understanding of authority, your understanding of the finished work of the cross. Your belief in Jesus Christ and who he is and what all of that entails will, through faith, give you the unction to speak to a mountain and tell it to move. And it has to move. Right. I'm not saying I'm operating in this level of faith, but what I am saying is that the Bible says that it's possible. It's red letters. Jesus Christ himself said these things. And so something that's been on God's heart because he's been putting it on my heart is that we need to be a people that cultivate real faith. We somewhere along the lines have have minimized the the concept of the just shall live by faith. Yes, we came to Jesus Christ in faith. We are saved by grace through faith. But true saving faith has an outflow. And according to second Peter, there is a biblical progression to faith, meaning we have to take the foundation of faith that we were saved with and we have to add upon it. We have to add to it and add to it and add to it and continue to abound and increase. In the things that it tells us to add to it so that we have no cause for stumbling, so that we are not short sighted or blind and so that we do not draw back into old things that we were delivered out of through the vehicle of salvation. Now, the other thing I want to point out is that faith has to have a continuance, a persistent to persistence to it. Okay, so there's the parable of the persistent widow. This is showing us that our faith has to have persistence. Why? Because when Jesus returns, it literally says at the end of this parable, it's talking about an unjust judge who this widow who needs this judge's help comes to. Right. This is a person who's not righteous, who doesn't know the Lord, doesn't care about the Lord. Right. And this widow comes to him. But then she keeps coming back and keeps coming back and keeps coming back and won't let him alone. So finally, he just says, well, lest she worry me, like unless she so that she doesn't keep coming back, give her what she wants. And Jesus compares that to God being just. And he's like, if an unjust judge would do this because of this woman's persistence, how much more would your heavenly father, though he bear with you long Meaning it may feel long like he's not answering you, but he will answer you. And the Bible says he will answer you speedily. And then at the end of that parable, it says, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? That is the question. That is the question as believers in Jesus Christ and as saints of God that are living in the last of the last days and what, what the Bible calls the end of the age. We have to ask ourselves if we have been cultivating a real faith that we live by, not the original faith that you turned to Christ in and that saved you and placed you on the ground of justification, but have you cultivated faith? And the way in which you know that is to look at Second Peter and the progression of faith. Have you added upon it moral conviction Have you added upon it virtue? Have you added upon it self control? Have you added upon it perseverance, brotherly kindness, love? Have you added these things upon your faith? And do these things, do these things in your life abound and increase constantly? And mind you, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So your answer is going to be an automatic no if you're not reading your word. There is no way to cultivate faith without reading your word. This is really, really important, and it is in direct connection with faithfulness. There's many parables that came out of Jesus's mouth about servants of God who are faithful, who when Jesus Christ returns will be able to reward them because of their faithfulness. And the only way to be faithful is, is for us to make sure we have a true and lasting faith that we are treating it as as valuable as God has made it because without faith, we cannot be pleasing to him. He will love us regardless because he loves us. However, we want to be pleasing to him. Praise the Lord. That's where I'm gonna land right there, y'all. This is gonna be a fairly short one, but I really do hope you will take some time to meditate upon the scriptures that I gave you, to meditate on 2 Peter 1. That's where you'll see the biblical progression of faith and really, really do a self-examination because Paul said in one of his letters to the churches to examine yourself and to see if you are still standing in the faith. In Jude, the book right before Revelation, he said, contend for the faith which has been entrusted to you. Again, which means it's a gift and it's something of value and it's not to be treated lightly. And we also need to understand what faith is not. It's not wishing upon a star. It's not closing your eyes and clicking your heels and saying there's no place like home. It is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen, the evidence that every everything pertaining to the kingdom of God is very much real. But it comes without observation. We cannot see it with our natural eye. Faith is a currency of the kingdom of God. And so I just want to submit to you today as a listener of this podcast, whether you stumbled upon it by accident, whether someone shared it to you, with you, or whether you follow me. And thank you for following me. Hallelujah. I pray that you understand the the gravity and the weightiness of this word. I know it's simple, but it's also weighty because when I know many people have heard of the great falling away, the great apostasy, the people that end up succumbing to that falling away are the very people that never cultivated their faith. They never came to the fullness of the knowledge of the truth, the knowledge of the son of God, of Jesus Christ. It's important. It's very, very important. And so let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you right now for every single person that is listening to this podcast, to this particular episode. Father, I thank you for bringing them into this place and into this knowledge, God, that we must contend for the faith God, you have entrusted us with so many precious gifts from above. You said in your word that every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights. May we come to understand in your word and in a kingdom mentality, God. As a follower of Jesus Christ, the things that you place great value upon, may we come to understand the design of God on how we grow and mature in sanctification. Because the Bible says that the will of God is that we be sanctified and be made holy as he is holy. Father, I pray that our faith would have works, that yes, we would be absolutely grateful in the the gift of salvation, God. But that we would know that there is a response to that gift, God, that we would choose you back because you first chose us, Lord, and that our faith would have an outflow of works. Our faith would have an outflow of fruit, God that we would progress in our faith as Second Peter instructed us to do. And he instructed us to do this before he died. He considered it that serious that uh, the letter that he wrote before he died, God, he said, I will always remind you until I put off this tent. He even mentioned, God, that it was something that they already knew and were established in, yet he found it so important to mention it to them again so God if he found it that important I think we should take it in we should take it very seriously God and so I pray that you would stir up the hearts of believers that are listening to this God and help them to understand faith Father we bless your holy name let the word of the lord go forth in Jesus name I pray amen